0: to Attached, a podcast about the loved ones we're attached to and the good, the bad, and the ugly advice about those relationships that maybe we shouldn't be so attached to. We here at Attached want to share ways to enhance your relationships and debunk all of that bad relationship advice using science. I'm Dr.
1: Patricia Robertson out of the University of Tennessee, Knoxville.
2: I'm Dr. Jacob Priest from the University of Iowa.
1: And I'm Dr. Sarah Woods at UT Southwestern Medical Center.
0: This, ladies and gentlemen, is our last episode of the season, but fear not.
2: Season finale, it's going to be a big cliffhanger.
0: <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> I haven't written that in, but exciting. <laughs> but fear not, we have renewed ourselves for season three. Yay! So no. you will hear from us again. I can't believe we
2: got picked up. I can't <laughs>
0: believe it. <laughs> So, you will definitely hear from us again in late August ish, 2021. Fear not. But in today's episode, Jacob is going to bring us something that feels like it should be the color red in pop and culture. Then, in the academic deep dive segment, we're going to discuss the academic article, Loving Others The Impact of Compassionate Love on later life psychological well-being. And then in Good or Bad Advice, we're going to discuss a TikTok series of movie clips that people say have increased their expectations about love. Yes, fantastic. Hopefully I will have seen some of these movies. We can only hope. <laughs> if you have advice you'd like us to talk about, send it to us. You can email us at attachedpodcast at gmail.com. Tweet us, Facebook us, Instagram us at... Attached podcast, or just go to attachedpodcast.com and send us a message there. Check out the la- latest episode there and, and previous episodes, whatever you want to do on that website. Go for it. Also, we are now on YouTube, as we've said multiple times this season. So please smash that YouTube subscribe button and follow us there for a video version of each of our podcasts from this season. And you can also look to see how well-prepared physically and visually we are for each of these episodes, or not. As always, remember, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. It really helps us, you know, get those numbers out. So before we get to all of this amazing stuff for this final episode, how are you guys doing? How are you holding up?
2: My sister got fully vaccinated about a month ago, and so... She is the first first visitor we have had in forever and it's Aww. so nice to have someone else in our home Aww, that's <laughs> awesome. Chelsea Chelsea's been like, you know, I really love you, Jacob, but I need to talk to someone else <laughs> yeah, yeah. <that's> fair. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's been really fun just to have her here and hang out with our little dude because you know, he hasn't met very many other people. (laughs) So it's been really nice and just kind of, you know, spring is springing. And so it's like a good time to be in Iowa because we feel like we've turned a corner from the death of winter to the potential warmth of summer. And hopefully when we, yeah, I'm hoping that during season three, all are vaccinated and we all can go back to like enjoying life we did pre-pandemic. That is my goal for when we all catch up in our season premiere of season three. That's the cliffhanger for me. It's hoping that we all get vaccinated.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That indeed sounds like a wonderful way to hope to start season three. I like it. I like the optimism.
1: Woods? Our family has been playing some, a lot of actually, Mario Kart. (laughs) Oh,
0: very (laughs) cool.
1: Yeah. It's something I played when I was younger and then took me a little while to kind of remember like how to be good at it (laughs) because I am actually really very good at it. Oh, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> good! I'm so happy for you. So, really, it's it's a lot of fun. I did not know this about Sarah. Yes, Wood. it's true. It's a lot of fun, but it's also this internal battle that I'm playing at the same time about how much to like crush my seven year old, because <laughs> um, there's like something to learn about. You can't win all the things, and also <laughs> maybe it's just not being a very kind parent to not like <laughs> support her and. Try to I slow mean, down a bit.
0: Basic tenets of scaffolding, also. Yeah,
1: right. So includes. sometimes I drive behind her and I try to protect her. I run like interference, and other times I come in first, and <laughs> it just—it's just proving to be really confusing to her. Like, where's my actual? Like, am I good at this or am I not good at this? I'm like, you are good. It's just some of us are also really very good. Yeah. Some and so of that's what us we've been have doing. had yeah. decades of experience. Decades, so much practice.
0: Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. That sounds amazing. That sounds Mm -hmm. very, very awesome. Well, speaking of family, my in laws are down. They drove down and were fantastic. They wore masks the first week, the first Mm -hmm. like week or so they were here just to make sure that we're all safe. But Mm -hmm. they're fantastic human beings. I adore them. But we're also very excited to report. That my father-in-law is very talented in the handy department, handy nice. man's
1: department. That's an important yeah. distinction. Yes.
0: Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, he's, he like by himself with the occasional help of my husband and digging holes is installing or putting in a bathroom downstairs in our basement all wow. on his own. The, the, the toilet, I mean, there was nothing down there. Wow. It's kind of amazing. It's a bit loud at times, but listen, every time I it gets a bit loud, I think I'm about to have a new bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> For the cost of materials. And
2: does your amazing. does your father-in-law want to drive to Iowa afterwards? <laughs> I mean, I, I would appreciate a new bathroom.
0: Yeah. How handy is he? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of it's it's remarkable. They but he he built their the house that my husband grew up in cool through all that. So he definitely knows how to do all of those things. It's a skill that I think not many people know nowadays. So I would like to think I'll learn something. I probably won't though. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I can learn how to do tile. Oh, I can learn how to like install plumbing. Oh, I could learn how to wire a light. You could
1: learn how to accept their love and support with grace, and sit back yeah. and yeah, do yeah. other things that you enjoy yeah. while they help mm-hmm. you. There's something else. There we <laughs> There's go. Something else could learn. That's <laughs> definitely what I'm
0: doing. <laughs> so it is. I feel very, very grateful and happy
1: uh, that I have such supportive
0: in-laws with mad, mad skills
1: that. <laughs> I do not possess. Amazing. They masked the first week, gave you a new bathroom the second week. What will week three bring? <laughs> I don't know. So exciting. There are cliffhangers. Jacob was right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: First up, pop and culture. We learn about relationships from our friends and families, but a lot of what we think about love and relationships come from what we see in pop culture. For this first segment, we like to take a moment to highlight events in pop culture that influence people's lives and how we view relationships. Jacob, what do you have for us this week?
2: As per request by Dr. Sarah B. Woods, today we are talking about Ted Lasso. <gasps>
1: yeah. Oh my goodness, such a gift. I'm so excited. Yeah. Uh, oh, unless you're watching I, YouTube, too,
0: but the smile on her face is is
1: ear to ear. Yes.
2: So first of all, thank you for the recommendation. I haven't been this happy watching a television show since oh. Shits Creek.
1: Right? Oh. I knew it. Yeah. I'm so a glad. Great,
2: yeah. It's just a great show. It's uplifting positive I'm only three episodes in right now so like another cliffhanger I'm gonna finish oh. the season after the last episode and I can't wait
1: because
2: um, it's it's just so it's just a good balm for your soul like to yes. see how happy how positive and how much of a systemic thinker I, Ted Lasso is
1: I told you <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> I love this so, so much. much
2: so let's talk a little bit about the context of the show and then what i think it illustrates very well first of all just after a really hard year in quarantine Mm -hmm. ted lasso is something you should watch for your mental health it makes me happy it makes me smile it makes me giggle it makes me laugh i just it's all the things so but so ted lasso is an american football coach who gets hired. To coach a fictional soccer team called football in England that oh. is in the Premier League but is not actually really any good, especially because the new owner got the team in a divorce from her husband who is cheating on her and she wants to tank the team oh. to make her ex husband even more miserable. Anyway, so. Ted Lasso comes in there knowing nothing about soccer, but talking about how much he loves coaching. And one of the principles I think he illustrates really well is something we've talked about on this podcast before is thinking upstream, right? Mm -hmm. He is not necessarily worried about the outcomes, wins or losses. He says multiple times to a reporter, I'm not concerned about wins or losses. I'm concerned about getting or I focus on getting the best out of each person on the team. And how he does this is actually approaching the whole system, right? So he's not only focused on the players, but on the community, on the ownership, and ways in which he can build and foster relationships that serve to rally everyone together to create something even better. What I appreciate about Ted Lasso is he has a sense of positivity that is not toxic positivity. He's not downplaying people's experience to make them look on the bright side or like cheer up buttercup. What he's doing is seeing what they need or what's missing and how he can bring that into each person's lives that he comes in contact with, right? He sees the system and knows that there are places that he can intervene in that system Mm -hmm make it better and places where he needs to motivate other people to step up and take their role in that system. And I think that's important to think about when we think about our relationships broadly, right? Sometimes to improve our relationships, we need to think about the, the patterns of interactions that occur within our system and ways in which we can anticipate what's going to happen and potentially Instead of just letting it happen and then saying, well, this was a reason this happened is because A caused B, caused C, caused D. Really, we should think about all of the interactions that took place before that and what's that is going to foster downstream and figure out a way where we can show that compassion, that support, that validation within those interactions to shift our relationship. Mm. Ted Lasso is a master at this, and also Jason Sudeikis won a Golden Globe for his role as Ted Lasso recently, and it's just a lot of fun. It's a great way to conceptualize a system and ways to improve systems by, by thinking about roles and interactions and boundaries and relationships. So it's also just very soothing and loving and calming. So I I cannot recommend Ted Lasso more strongly. And I can't thank Sarah enough for the recommendation. And Sarah, as a consumer of Ted Lasso, is there anything you'd like to add to the pop and culture segment? I feel like you don't get a chance to add a lot. So I wanted to give that space (laughs) to you.
1: Oh my goodness. I just love it so much. If you've only just watched the first three episodes, just wait until how it's going to continue to evolve. It just does such a beautiful job showing really healthy relationships or how relationships Mm. can evolve it's just delightful i think it's the the first episode where she she asked the owner of the team asked him like do you believe in ghosts he says i do but more importantly it's important that they believe in themselves (laughs) it's it's just really so delightful i i can't recommend it enough i love that so much and can i just give one example of
2: what of of thinking about relationships in a really important way. Ted Lasso, in order to build a relationship with the owner, makes these special cookies and brings them to her every morning. And she doesn't know that he's making them. So she's trying to get her staff to track down where the cookies come from. But it just shows the intentionality and the thoughtfulness he puts into connecting with people. And yeah, it just makes me happy, and I can't wait to watch the rest of the season. So, check out Ted. <laughs> That's Lasso. amazing.
0: Um, comment about it's more important that ghosts believe in themselves. Reminds me of my uh, dad. He will like if we're you know just driving down a street and he sees a runner going by, he'll he'll roll down the window, and he goes. Believe in yourself, you can do it. (laughs) And they're always like, what? And then they smile really big. It's hilarious. God, so cute. Love it so so much. much. I love it. Believe in yourself, you guys. You can do it. Now we're going to move to our academic deep dive segment and talk about a new paper titled Loving Others. The impact of compassionate love on later life psychological well-being, written by Dr. Eva Kahana at Case Western, Dr. Ruth Boda at University of Nevada Las Vegas, Dr. Boaz Kahana at Cleveland State University, and Dr. and Dr. Nirmala Lockock at UNLV, recently published in the Journals of Gerontology Series B. This study explores the effect of compassionate love, something I'm not sure we've discussed, particularly in in much detail, here on Attach before. Compassionate love is described by the authors as a broad kind of love, reflecting our connections to other people. And as feeling love toward other persons and experiencing love from others, compassionate love is focused on others and on the good of the other person. It includes feelings like caring, trust, understanding, and wanting to spend time with the other person. Though we've talked about relationship satisfaction, happiness, or attachment on this podcast, especially in specific relationships like marriage, these authors explore the broader social meaning of love, not just love felt for romantic partners. They also focus on examining compassionate love love among older adults, specifically explaining that it's possible that as we age, we may have fewer opportunities to give and receive love as we experience the loss of friends and family or our health declines and we have less energy to to give and receive that love as well. However, it's also likely that uh, older adults may especially benefit from experiencing love and from feeling a sense of belonging and that they matter and are cared about. And compassionate love is usually kind of thought of in not necessarily in opposition, but compared to limerence, which is kind of that euphoric love at the beginning of romantic relationships. Compassionate love is thought more of those deep, long-term connections with people. So Sarah, these researchers test whether providing to others and receiving love from others is important for psychological well-being in later life. How exactly did they do this? And I love this kind of like
1: warm fuzziness I'm getting from this article already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really kind of a nice focus on in general, whether feeling feeling love and, and expressing love just broadly has an impact on your mental health, especially if you're an older adult. And so what these authors did, they used a three-wave longitudinal panel study of successful aging, which means they had... 340 community-dwelling elderly people that lived in Miami-Dade County in Florida, Mm. and they interviewed them three times over from 2006 to 2009, and so it was part of a bigger study that they were looking at determinants and factors related to aging well Among this group of Americans, on average, their sample was 75 years old. So they ranged from 61 to 99. They had to be at least 60 to participate. Over half of them were female. 38% of them were married, and 41% of them identified as Cuban Latinx. 34% white, 25% black. So they have a really heterogeneous sample, kind of race and ethnicity. And also, 26% explained that they had college education or higher. So um, probably representative of this county, also kind of exploring this later end of the lifespan specifically. And so those interviews were about an hour, an hour and a half. They occurred in participants' homes, which I just include because I just think that that's such a Nice way to make research accessible when we go to where people are. And what they captured at that first wave at baseline was, among other things, they looked at positive affect and negative affect, baseline measures of psychological well-being. But they also, at all three waves over the course of those several years, measured depression symptoms. Because what they were going to look at was whether love experienced at the beginning and also kind of changes in love over time, whether that was associated with changes in depression, which can be a, uh, have some really serious consequences at any point in lifespan, but certainly for older persons can be really impactful. So compassionate love, they measured with only two questions. And I include them because I think it's an interesting aspect of how we can just kind of solely measure this for ourselves too, and think about what they were trying to target here. But the questions were, to what extent do you feel loved by others? Mm -hmm. And to what extent do you feel love for others? So they also, aside from controlling for different demographic variables that might have an impact on depression, they also measured these participants' altruistic attitudes. So this is the idea that I enjoy doing things for others, seeing others do well makes me happy. So they measured that sense of altruism because it could have some overlapping sense of whether or not I feel love for other people if I want to see them do well, right? They also assess participants emotional support that they received from friends, family, and neighbors in the last year. So whether they felt like their their social network showed concern for them as a person, expressed affection towards you, which could also certainly overlap with how much they felt love from other people. So what they were looking to understand was whether the impact of compassionate love on psychological well-being would persist even when they were accounting for participants' kind of sense of altruism and the emotional support they receive. So is love overlapping, but also is it, is it different? And does the effect of that persist even when we're looking at these other variables? So what they found thankfully (laughs) <laughs> I, mean, I feel I feel thankful I'm I'm <laughs> I'm sure they did too that their most of their sample 93% reported that they felt much or very much love for other people and most of their sample reported that they felt loved by others 88% that was more likely if they were married if they had higher levels of altruism and emotional support at baseline and less likely with greater disability but on average most of their participants had a lot of love in their lives which is mm. just Lovely. (laughs) At baseline, they first looked at how that love reported intersects with the positive affect and negative affect, uh, this kind of baseline measure of mood. And what they found was that these older adults who said that they felt more loved by others and said that they expressed more love for other people reported significantly higher levels of positive affect and lower levels of negative affect, Mm. which Makes sense. We might expect that. It doesn't really tell us anything about directionality, like which comes first, right? The love or the affect, but the associations of feeling loved by other people with positive and negative affect were remained the case, even when they controlled for altruism and emotional support. So there is something potentially here to explore. Then they looked at these associations over time. And what they found was that greater feelings of love and love for others over time was associated with decreased odds, the decreased likelihood Mm -hmm. of reporting an increase in depression over those three years. Okay. And, and that, that link over time was found even when they controlled for altruistic attitudes and emotional support, which again are important measures, but it was sort of affirming the fact that the impact of love was enduring. It was above and beyond mm. these other factors that while they are important indicators of mental health and how your social network supports you are distinctly a little bit different. It wasn't that people who are depressed were less likely to report feeling loved. It was this this sense of loving other people and being loved by them at, at the baseline was associated with predicted a less likelihood of, of becoming increasingly depressed right. over time, which so- is really- which is really important.
0: Yeah. So feeling loved and and sharing love is linked to that change in, in depressive symptoms. It's not just Mm -hmm. like later I feel less depressed. It's a change in
1: that too, which is really remarkable it's really important. So I think it's important in terms of, I mean, certainly these were older adults only. So for listeners who themselves may not be elderly, this doesn't necessarily map on, but I think it's reasonable to consider that it might, and that loving other people, as well as maybe loving yourself, they reference self-compassion quite a bit in this paper, is valuable for yourself too. So, to practice compassion for other people and focus on taking care of others, caring for others, trusting others mm. is valuable for your own mental health and well-being. And sometimes, I think, especially kind of pop culture language around mental health can be a lot about self-care and introspection right. and take time to focus on yourself and your own well-being. But especially for older adults who may become increasingly isolated in the community, that's that's not necessarily the most helpful advice. But also, it might just not be the most helpful or or the solely helpful advice about how we can experience better mental health. And it's quite possible that focusing on loving other people and building these loving bonds with people in our lives broadly could be really beneficial to our own well being. And I think what is also nice about this, given that they didn't focus just on romantic relationships, is that love was bigger than who we are partnering with. And it plays a significant role role in how our lives our lives may evolve and that that role doesn't decline with age. So a lot of this research that we do, especially on on love or, or especially as we focus on like romance, et cetera, we don't necessarily include looking at that later end of the lifespan. But this is suggesting the role of how important love is in our lives doesn't decline with age. And on top of that, older adults might be really powerful resources for all of us in mm. thinking about our kind of continued... Quest for love is the phrase that the Mm. authors used that I just really, really liked. I love a quest for love.
2: I I was going to agree with takeaway there, Woods. It reminds me of Ted Lasso, right? Somebody who has compassionate love for other people. Mm. And that shifts how he feels about, you know, like the way people interact with him and take care of him. You know, you were saying like we often, especially in our culture, it's all about, well, self-care means taking care of myself but like actually part of self-care is can be spending time with people you have compassionate love for and as you do that that is a sense of self-care because those people Mm -hmm. those relationships those interactions can rejuvenate you and be just as good as like getting a massage or going for a walk sometimes so Mm -hmm. I think that's a great thing to be talking about when we think about how to take care of ourselves sometimes and you know this can be caveated in, in many different places, but sometimes right. it's about taking care of others.
0: We're expressing love and affection, mm. right, for mm. for others mm-hmm. because that is is returned. So we've talked about this cyclical approach of expressing positivity through capitalization and other kind of things that we've talked about, and how mm. to build. Build on the positivity and these bonds back and forth, and how that expression of love, that capitalization, or in here the expression of of love and affection comes back to us, and it really mm-hmm. is important. We have to remember that as human beings, we are social social animals. So I th- I agree with both of you that self care, though in the the media and pop culture, is always focused on that self. Portion that individuality, a large chunk of it has to be building and maintaining and expressing love to those that we love. Mm-hmm. And, and I think
2: too that our individuality, um, you know, when we think about who we are as an individual, our identity is often in relationship, right? The roles mm-hmm. we take on, the parts of our identity, like dad, father, Dad, father, necessarily, dad, (laughs) dad, father, (laughs) parent,
1: handyman, papa. (laughs) Papa. But can you hear?
2: Right, right? those are often in relationship to people we love, and so that sense of individuality comes from the connection we have. So, if we are compassionate towards those people we feel more compassionate in our roles and our sense of self and our sense and our our
0: purpose so before we move on to the next segment i just wanted to follow up jacob last episode you said you were going to talk with chelsea about in-laws how did that go actually it went
2: great Um, you guys gonna stay together We are, I think we're going to, I hope we're going to make it. I mean, it's only, we're only like three years into this thing. So we'll see, see how it goes. But interestingly enough, as I think is the case with Chelsea and I, we were definitely concordant, but not to the, the same extreme. I tend to rate things and experience things like more extreme levels. And she's always (laughs) like, so if I was going to rate something a four, she's always rating it a three. And so we were very concordant when, in all the questions. Yeah. We followed hey. the exact same pattern. I was just more extreme, and that's because, as Chelsea said, well, that's just because your family is so unmatched. I was like, yeah, that's yeah. True. <laughs> like, we don't have we don't have a choice. But well, I, I, to I, that
0: I love that you agreed as to the reason right, why you right, disagreed. Right, right? that's, that's even better. Yep, that's the next yeah. level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, next like, level of concordance. I love um, it. I also <laughs> did it with my husband, and Aww. we agreed for mostly and. Like I've indicated, my in-laws are moving down here. So we also both agreed that it, it's probably going to, like, change a little bit. Like, we're both, I assume that, like, we'll become start becoming closer to his family. But we agreed on, on everything. We didn't really rate it. It was just more of a conversation we had. But then he said, you know, honestly, I feel like it's weird to be emotionally close to the other person's parents. And I said, what? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I just... It just seems weird to me. I was like, oh, interesting. Like, it does sound weird coming out of your mouth. And originally I thought I I disagreed with that. Then I was like, yeah, it would kind of be odd if you were more emotionally close to my parents than I was and vice versa. Like if I was more emotionally close to your parents than you were, that does feel like it would be weird. Like, but right off the bat, I was like, what are you talking about? Being emotionally close to your in-laws, I think it's fantastic. And then when he broke it down, I was like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Like interesting.
1: The variations son, how yeah. that could
0: look. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, it was a fun conversation. So if you guys haven't had it cool. with your partner, I recommend it. Um, Unless you think it's going to go terribly wrong, then I don't recommend it. <laughs> then don't. Then don't.
2: <laughs> well, I, I think too, like, it's a really good topic that oftentimes, like, even when you read like those relationship enhancement books, mm. you don't really talk about in-laws. And right, I think nope. there's such an impactful piece of yes. your relationship and whether or not you are talking about it, it's influencing your relationship. And so I yes, think it's really right. good to make it explicit. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and I think too, it's an interesting meta way of talking about your expectations, especially if you have children from when your children mm-hmm. grow up, because it, it will eventually map on to that. So just kind of talking about that and having like an understanding will eventually bleed over into how you will be as in-laws, but potentially. Woohoo! hoo. Boo. Woo hoo. Yeah. Finally, time for good or bad advice, where we talk about pervasive relationship advice in our culture. We hear about relationship advice from parents, families, friends, and also in-laws, of course. We see advice about how to be (laughs) in relationships from movies and TV shows. And we read endless advice spewed at us on all the social medias, blogs, and those numerous top 10 lists that we go over here a lot. But believe it or not, A lot of it just isn't actually good for your relationships. This is the part of the show where we use science, mind you, to decide if the advice is good or bad.
2: So I feel like... Sarah actually uses science to determine if things are good or bad. I just kind of say whatever comes to mind and hopefully it connects me listen. to science eventually. So oh, I, I, listen. I always like, I always just like science. Am I really using science or I'm really just like maybe using clinical judgment. Is that, is that a better phrase Which is for what also I do?
1: very important? That's very though.
0: sciencey, but you know what, Jacob, there are always goals we can set for ourselves for season three. <laughs> Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. Will Jacob use more science in season three? Wait and see. If you have seen or heard some advice you'd like to talk about, or you'd like us to talk about for that matter, <laughs> send it to us. Uh, you can talk about it too. We'd love it. Sure. Email us at attachedpodcastgmail.com or get at us on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook at attachedpodcast, or just go straight to attachedpodcast.com, our website, and send us a message there. While you're at it, as a reminder, please rate and review and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast app or YouTube. And as always, share it with your loved ones. <laughs> to end season two, I really wanted to pour on some of that sweet stick of love and, and talk about a TikTok series people have been doing a lot of, or at least it's a lot on my For You page, saying how, what movie or TV scenes raise their expectations of love and what love should be. As you all know, these messages about love and what love should be um, are pervasive in our pop culture. But I have to admit, I am an absolute sucker for rom-coms and romantic movies. So let's talk about all of these clips. What is right, maybe what is wrong, or maybe what's absolutely perfect about all of these scenes. Um, They're not necessarily the type of advice we usually talk about direct advice but if there's kind of some hidden definitely some hidden message type of advice in these clips are you guys ready very
2: ready <laughs> ready or I've, not. I've been doing really good agreeing with sarah recently so i'm hoping that this streak continues to and end strong. season two i feel like that it would I mean, I kind of feel like that's roundabout science. Like I say something, Sarah validates it and validates it with science, oh. and I'm like, whew, passed. Oh my
0: gosh. Yeah, well, I mean, that is one way to do science, I suppose. <laughs>
1: it's just hypothesis testing.
0: <laughs> hypothesis testing here. All right, first up. Name a scene in a movie that made your standards for love absolutely too high. You have bewitched me, buddy, so, and I love, I love I to be from from day. So name a scene from a movie that made your standards for love way too high. That last scene from Pride and Prejudice. Thoughts, Jacob? So
2: first, I'm going to tell a little bit of a meandering story because this is what it reminds me of. But I'll get there eventually. Okay. So as many of our listeners probably know, I grew up Mormon and so I was involved with like a Mormon group in college, and for one of these activities, we it was a, we made like a Valentine videos with scenes of love, and we took a different scene from Pride and Prejudice, which that's from at the end where they're like kissing. It's like Missus Darcy. That was way too racy for the Mormons. It was like, whew, I I kind of got called in the carpet a little bit. Like you shouldn't be showing that. I'm like, I'm sorry. Anyway, I digress. But.
0: Uh, you should tell uh, them that Pride and Prejudice is rated PG, so it's really, I know it is. It's, yeah, it's really
2: But there were no parents movie. to guide us there, so but I really I love this here Nightly of Pride and Prejudice. And actually the guy who plays Mr. Darcy is also in Succession, which you, if you haven't watched Succession yet, you also <laughs> need to to watch. Anyway, Digress.
0: I love how you said also in Succession, like that was part of the conversation this entire episode. Like, oh yeah, yeah, call back to Succession from season one, Jacob.
2: Yeah, I love me some Succession. Anyway, yes, this it. is increasing people's expectations about relationships in bad ways because often people think from stuff like this that love is enough to sustain a relationship, uh-huh. and it's not right because. Right now, if you remember that scene, Mr. Darcy, you say, you have betwixt me body and soul. And I love, Lizzie. I love, I love you. Why can't I remember who played what Kieran Knightley's character's name is? Elizabeth.
0: What's the main character? Lizzie, 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 uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth
2: Bennett, Bennett. Yes. Lizzie. Oh, Elizabeth Bennett, yes, thank you, sorry. Like she doesn't like him at that point right because he's been treating her like an ass no no Isn't no, no the-
0: she does no, no, this, was this is the end oh no no this is the end they've walked hey, across hey, the moors all night long oh, to see one oh, another oh, okay. oh mercy oh.
2: <sighs> all right well <laughs> the reason why this is problematic okay for talking about that scene because i watched the movie way before i ever read the book And the ending to the book is much less passionate than that movie is. And I was kind of like, oh, do do Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy really love each other? But I think Pride and Prejudice as a whole seems to suggest that if you have enough love, then everything will work out, even if you hate each other to begin with. I don't buy into that narrative. You need more components than just love for a successful relationship. So wonderful movie. Great to potentially enhance your relationship because it'll bring up strong feelings of love but if you're setting your expectation to be a mr darcy and elizabeth bennett type of relationship it's going to be problematic so bad
1: advice (laughs) it's fine this is totally fine bad advice woods oh i mean it's obviously good advice (laughs) there's no question this is one of the best romantic movies of all time It's the best, obviously, version of Pride and Prejudice. There is not a thing wrong with this movie or any of the messages that it tells (laughs) you. And that's obviously science. (laughs) (laughs) But, But what you're hearing at the end, right, is that he has developed this really passionate love for her. But what that happens at the end of the movie because what they're showing the entire time is this really sweet evolution of how they really are not entirely sure about each other and they have to grow to know each other and develop respect for each other and go through their own personal growth in the way because they have that connection. Yeah. Because they both have, they either have pride or they're prejudiced of the other person. That's right. That's right. And really before they can get to passion, they must get through the other two. And so I think that is what we would say science suggests about healthy relationships is that they have developed a really close connection that is really reflective of each of them as individual people and really about kind of mutual respect. I think.
0: Yeah. And I would also say like, you know, there's this term sometimes I, I forget it. I think it's called differentiation. And as you begin to see yourself more, you're able to see the other person more or or better or more accurately. And I think that's really well reflected throughout this entire movie is that as they have more self-reflection of themselves, they're able Mm -hmm. to more accurately see Mm -hmm. the other person and vice versa. So some may say science, but also Science that some members of this podcast are obsessed with, super into, are perfectly demonstrated through this movie.
2: (laughs) Fine. See, what I was rating actually was the advice I just gave. I was giving bad advice and I was rating it myself
1: for the
0: audience. Just, just oh, oh, oh,
1: okay.
0: (laughs) All right. Are you guys ready for clip two? Yes.
1: Oh man, no, be so I'm good. Gonna yeah, that's gonna be. Oh, I can feel it. <laughs> you must see a movie that
0: made your standards for love absolutely too high. You okay? But I know. I have to narrate this one. Whitney Houston. She's on an airplane. He's watching her fly away. She's not going there.
2: The, the steps
0: of the airport runs we'll towards him, jumps into his arms despite you. the broken arm he has, passionate kiss, we'll rubbing at the back. You. Yeah. So, how is this at uh, setting our expectations for what love? Is it especially maybe the beginning of a relationship?
2: Well, I mean, the whole premise of this is where what movies set our relationship our expectations about relationships too high. Yeah. And yet again, just like in Pride and Prejudice, this movie is also setting expectations too high. It's just kind of playing only on one piece of the relationship, the part where you fall in love and then you live happily ever after. When in fact, as Another member of this team would talk about the limerence of the new relationships tends to wear off over time. True. So, again, while great movie, just like Prize and Prejudice, this is bad advice. If you set yourself up to have these types of relationships, you will be let down. Standing by it.
0: <laughs> and
1: he's crossed his arms, ladies and gentlemen. Woods. So what I think this movie might be demonstrating is the fact that he could not serve as her bodyguard and also be in love with her at the same time, right? So what you're hearing at that conclusion of the movie is that they've set a really important boundary. He's no longer her bodyguard, right? And instead they are able to establish a partnership. So it's really important to think about how your roles overlap what's appropriate and not appropriate. And I think that's what science would support. So I think that's good advice. <laughs> 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 this is right, so much easier one. when I it's actually know, when I actually know the pop culture examples. You, How old is that movie? I mean, how old? <laughs> I, think, I think I was single digits old when that movie came out.
0: Just as a heads up, I think most of these references are going to be from the 90s and early Yes. Aught. So <laughs> I do certainly, of course, I agree with uh, Woods on this one, but I will tip my hat to Jacob because this idea of like he's Stick trying, but, uh, the this idea that like love starts where you run across a field or you run towards somebody. There are people who have that expectation that if this idea of grand gestures in relationships, that if you really love me, you'll do this grand gesture like Whitney Houston did in The Bodyguard. And and of course, that is setting expectations far too high of what expressions of love, genuine, true love, actually look like. Very, very few people in this world have private jets. And very, very few people Sarah shrugged her
1: shoulders. Okay, I thought I thought you were going to say could sing Sir. like Whitney Houston, and I was about I was about to volunteer. <laughs> Actually, along with Mario Kart, <laughs> there's another skill you didn't know about me. <laughs> so, uh,
0: being able to stop and then run across the tarmac—these are grand gestures that I get chills when I watch it. But of course, it's not going to be a, an expectation that.
1: Um, also, though, to get there in that movie. And only have taken that away from it, you would have had to fast forward your VHS through the first two hours. <laughs> I mean, they didn't run across. So the can I make a confession? Like the first five minutes, you've never seen <gasps>
2: oh,
1: this movie. Oh no! Oh, oh Jacob. Jacob! Here he is running our pop culture section, and everyone's in bodyguard. Oh my God!
0: I remember loving this soundtrack so much. Oh, in I heard school. the soundtrack that like, I think I made interpretive dances to every single song on the soundtrack.
1: (laughs) A skill we didn't know you had, oh my goodness, yay.
0: Oh yeah, it's intense. All right, next up, are you guys ready?
1: Yes. Name a scene in a movie that
0: made your standards for love absolutely too high. Don't do
2: it.
1: Stay back, don't come any closer.
2: Just give me your hand, I'll pull you back over.
1: No, stay where you are. I mean it. I'll let go. No, you won't.
0: You stepped a little closer.
1: What do you mean, no, I won't? Don't presume to tell me what I will and will not do. You don't know me. Well, you would have done it already. You're distracting me. Go away.
2: I can't. I'm involved now. You let go and I'm, I'm going to have to jump in there after
0: you. OK, so that was Titanic for all of those uh, Titanic heads out there.
1: I didn't even need to see it. I didn't even need to look. Just the whole thing's in my head. Jacob, just to clarify, have you seen Titanic?
0: <gasps> I've
2: only seen <gasps> it once <gasps> on an oh, yeah, airplane. I don't is... even think I paid much <laughs> attention to so... it. This
0: is my favorite. All oh, right, boring. Jacob, good or bad advice?
1: Good luck, buddy.
0: <laughs> All right.
2: Well, I'm not going to talk about that scene. I'm just going to talk <laughs> okay. about the fact that there was definitely definitely room on the on the door for Leonardo sure. DiCaprio. He did for not sure, need no. to sacrifice himself. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so again, another example of people doing extreme things in relationships to demonstrate their love. And really, if you mm-hmm. want to build commitment, it's about the small, simple interactions that over time create a system that can be healthy, adaptable, thriving, and full of love and connection. So going, you know, like I, you know, the other reference I appreciate is when Britney Spears, you know, in her song, oops, I did it again, references how boys will jump down into the bottom of the ocean to get that for her because they love her. Again, showing these unrealistic expectations. And so Again, I don't even know how I feel about the Titanic movie. I do love me the Celine, you seen it. Celine Dion song. <laughs> <laughs>
1: don't like, know Because you so, literally have not watched
0: it. Jacob, I feel like you're angry at Titanic right now.
2: <laughs> I couldn't watch it because when it came out, there was nudity and I was not old enough to watch nudity.
0: How old were you?
2: Thank you. That's...
1: She's, he he said, like "Thank 14. you." Like we were supporting that. No, at you
0: all. weren't. It came out my senior year of high school. It came out in '99.
2: Oh, <laughs> then I was like 17.
1: Developmentally, he was behind. It's all right.
0: <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's that's, totally fine. That's how. It's fine. It's totally fine, Jacob. We understand. Go maybe maybe go back and visit it. revisit that Maybe anyway. So Jacob's. I'm not really sure where you're landing on this, but.
1: I think he said bad advice. Yeah, Yeah,
0: bad advice. You're right.
1: I I agree. I've actually seen the film, but I will actually talk about this clip that you're showing because that was the assignment. And I think (laughs) that it is bad advice because what they're showing is a clip where she is essentially contemplating suicide. Suicide. very depressed and really kind of feeling very very stuck in her social role and so I would say that it it is a scene that demonstrates how you probably should not handle suicidality makes sort of like pokes a little fun at it and the goal is to sort of distract her and then presumably she starts arguing with him in a way that feels kind of flirty and Oh, that's not typically what we would recommend. I think that's bad advice. And also, if this movie is raising your standards for romantic relationships, it's not even really a relationship. It's it's like a forty-eight hour f- fling at best, and resulting in a death of actually a lot of people. So I, I think probably this one's not. This is bad advice. This is bad. This is bad advice. So you're agreeing <laughs> with Jacob, but for totally different reasons. Right. Also, she throws the stupid necklace in the stupid ocean at the end. Spoiler alert for only Jacob and no other people. But <laughs> I mean, like she really could have helped a lot of people with the money that she would have made That's from true. selling that instead of selfish.
0: And also she seems to like hold on to this relationship and into her 80s or 90s. So clearly she's never really told nobody to about aff- it. Yeah. Effectively yeah. processed through that.
1: No. Yes. You must, you know,
0: movie that made your standards for love absolutely
2: too high i'm not afraid to hurt your feelings they have like a two-second rebound rate and you're back doing the next
0: pain in the ass thing so what
2: so it's not gonna be easy it's gonna
1: be really hard we're gonna have to work at this every day but i want to do that because i want you i want all of you forever you and me (laughs) every day you do something for me please just picture your life for me 30 years from now, 40 years from now? What's it look like? You stop thinking about what everyone wants. Stop thinking about what I want, what he wants, what your parents want. What do you want? What do you want?
0: It's not that simple. What
1: it's- do you want?
2: So I've also only seen the notebook once. Like maybe, I don't really remember it. I know? couldn't tell it was a notebook at first. I had to really, I really had to strain. Um,
0: so uh, so soon. <laughs> again, I am going to
2: die on this hill in the last episode and say that these types of, you know, the reason why these are movies, the reason why these are stories is because they are unrealistic. Spoiler alert, you're not gonna die holding the hands with your partner in a home where they can no longer remember you.
0: Okay.
2: Right? Like it's just
0: science not, say that or true. Are you just being <laughs> cynical here? <Yes>. Odds are <laughs> kind of cruel. Odds are <laughs> that is not gonna but happen. But actually, you. I think there is and a lot of again, science saying that people who are together for a very, very long time, when one person passes away, right. the odds of the second person passing away within that's a right. very short time frame. I think it's a year, is what the science says is it's really, really high. Profound. So, yeah go go on with what you're saying well but yeah there's a difference between like passing away
2: within the year and like being totally healthy and then just like for some reason dying with your partner again I like what I what I remember from the notebook I I'm pretty sure I liked it I'm pretty sure it was fine but it's just creating I mean that's why it's a romantic movie because it it instills these feelings within us that I think are good but if you're saying I am not going to commit to somebody until this type of love happens to me.
0: Okay. I don't know.
2: Like you're going to be looking for things that you may never, ever find when in fact you could build something that doesn't have to have all of this drama into it. That can still be full of love, commitment and all that stuff. So,
0: but I think just to push back, a time, I love me scene... some Ryan Gosling and Amy Adams. That's not Amy Adams, but it's okay. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Rachel, Rachel McAdams? Rachel McAdams, yeah. Oh, Rachel but McAdams, I, yes. It's so close. It's the, the Pop culture, <laughs> huh? Ooh, <really? laughs> so I think this
0: scene particularly actually emphasizes what you have been railing against because he says this isn't going to be easy, but I am willing to work at this every single day with you. So I think that would actually support what you are saying that like this expectation of love that limerence and it's going to be easy and wonderful forever but he's confronting that and he says you know we're gonna to have to work at this but i am willing to do it those are literally his words that's exactly what you're talking
2: about well too. the only thing i really remember from the notebook is like when amy adams runs to his house like caught in the rain and they make out and then when they die in the end that's the only thing i really remember so but
0: you just saw this scene i showed you right and also it's not amy adams so bad advice <laughs> from jacob What? Good
1: or bad advice? So I actually would say this is bad advice. (gasps) Um, I know. I'm sorry. I actually hate, I actually hate this movie. And I cannot, I've only ever seen like, (laughs) I I, I can't even focus on the whole thing at the same time. It's just, I really don't like it. Um, I usually just skip the
0: sad part. um, I
1: mean, I think part of what he's describing is that like, we don't really fit together but we should push for it anyways. And it's going to be super hard. We're going to have to work on it every single day. And then he's a little aggressive in pursuing her. If I recall, like he, I mean, he's a little aggressive in that clip, but I'm also tying it to like the other scene where he like hangs off a a Ferris wheel, threatening to like drop. She leaves leaves for like
0: a a couple of years and he writes her a letter every day and
1: Uh her mother hides it. So She thinks that he's completely, he's kind of aggressive. He doesn't always feel entirely consensual at the start. (laughs) And so I think it's true that relationships can be challenging and they go through ups and downs and they take a lot of work in terms of really needing to be intentional about maintaining them. But if going into partnering for life, you're saying there's a lot about this that doesn't work, but let's force it to fit And we're just, just know this is going to be super hard while discounting your partner's real world considerations about like the powerful contextual forces that might make that especially challenging for them. I don't know. It doesn't, it just doesn't ring very positive for me. So I think it's, I think it's bad advice. I really hope this one's not raising too many standards. I think it did at the time, the time that Jacob was not allowed at the movie theater when he was 20 or however old he was.
0: (laughs) Oh, poor Jacob. All right, we got. We actually, few- I did
2: not go to a, into a movie theater from nineteen to twenty-one.
0: Just, just so you know. Oh yeah, you because you are out of your country. mission. Cliffhanger, cliffhanger, <laughs> cliffhanger about Jacob's life, y'all. Okay, two more left.
2: That's what people really come to listen about.
0: This is my favorite advice section ever. I'm not even sure how helpful this to <laughs> listeners, but it's my favorite. Okay, here we go. Jacob thinking that people come here to learn about his life. Name a scene in a movie that made your standards for love absolutely too high. eyes off of you, you'd be like heaven to touch. I want to hold you so much. I long last my life Nothing, Jacob? And I think I'm oh. alive. You're just too good
1: to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. We
0: <laughs> were in the stadium.
1: Doing the style. And soaking. <laughs>
0: All right, 10 Things I Hate About You, based on Shakespeare's Taming of the Shrew, he basically takes over the entire uh, audio system on the football and starts singing her that song. Jacob, good or bad guys?
2: So did you all know that before 10 Things I Hate About You, there's another spinoff of Taming on the Shrew called Kiss Me Kate*? (laughs) and uh, what's her name elizabeth taylor was in it actually and that's how she met one of her husbands
0: in the movie so is that what you're allowed to watch yeah. I-
1: Are you trying to show off your pop
0: culture knowledge at this
1: point? He's got to go way back. He can't talk about that clip because he has no context. He's definitely not seen this movie. You have no
2: context. (laughs) I know that the case is that Julia Stiles is the shrew and Heath Ledger ends up taming her. Well, I don't remember anything about that movie. So... I don't know if you have to convince somebody to go on to date you by taking over the football PA studio and having a band there, just make sure your potential date or partner likes that sort of thing, right? Like some people would hate being proposed to on a jumbotron of a stadium and others would love it. So just know more about your partner because I really don't have anything to say about
0: that that clip. Cool. So just check in with your partner. (laughs) Is science advice, and also go look some, look some uh, Liz Taylor, all Liz Taylor shows. What's good or bad advice?
1: I think it is good advice that this this movie could maybe problematically elevate your expectations from relationships. It was that classic '90s teen. romantic comedy where they were all full of big gestures. And this one is a really big, totally unrealistic gesture that nobody would pull off in real life. I feel, feel free to counter me if you know somebody who has, but I think part of what they're kind of showing there is this attempt to kind of woo her. And she's kind of this really strong personality that is really not interested in dating. But I do think it's quite possible that these, the grand gesture that you just showed in that clip could be problematically setting expectations really high in relationships. I
0: agree. Lovely 90s rom-com, but yeah, definitely setting expectations way too high. So bad advice.
2: And and The Bodyguard, Bodyguard and Pride and Prejudice and Titanic are not
0: are oh, so And well, Notebook are not setting expectations No, too I high? think there are problems with Titanic for sure. For sure. Um, and Notebook The Notebook, think not Bodyguard. bodyguard,
1: The Bodyguard feels really realistic, Jacob. I don't... Did you not... You didn't see it though, right? Have you (laughs) never been a famous pop star, Jacob? Her sister was was just too jealous and then it got out of hand and...
0: Spoiler alert. Uh, Anyway, some some movies that Jacob clearly needs to put on his list during this break between season two and season three. We'll check back in. We'll check back in. Cliffhanger. (laughs) All right. Last, but certainly not least in my opinion this is one that i have chosen personally
1: Ooh. The dreams dearest to my heart are right here
2: well i hope you keep on dreaming
1: it'll be three years before i finish medical school even then it'll there won't be, be any Got a sunburst or marble halls. She doesn't need that. I do want sunbursts or marble halls. I just want you. I just want you. You can kiss on a bridge in the fall. Oh, I legit, <laughs> I legit <am> struggling. <laughs>
0: So for those who don't know, that was the one and only Anne of Green Gables. Actually, I think it's technically the end of Anne of Avonlea, 1985 version. Um, the new Anne is, of course, good. So, Jacob, check it in with you real quick. Good or bad advice? Not that anything that you say is about to matter, by the way.
1: We... <laughs> discounted it. We know have you ne- haven't
2: seen this. I have never watched Anne of Green Gables what? or Anne of Avalon or anything that to, to do with Anne.
0: This is Avonlea. on PBS. Are Mormons not allowed to watch PBS? This is on PBS. I don't know. I, I Sorry, don't that know. was really condescending. Heard... Were you not allowed Wait. to watch PBS? This is like <laughs> basic like wholesome breathe. you never seen any of this Anne series? No. No, okay. When, when you're, you're saying this was on in the 80s, in 90s, the 80s and 90s is what you're saying. This?
2: Yeah. So I was a teenage boy
0: during the 90s, like,
2: and a right. young boy during the 80s.
0: It was repeatedly shown do you think on
2: that PBS. Anne of Green Gables, though. Do you feel like Anne of Green Gables? Like I don't believe I am the demographic they want for that show. Like that's not for. Oh damn!
1: Like you have 15, a mother, Jacob, right? who wanted
2: to listen to Blink 182.
1: You have a, you have a mother this is before a that. This is long before that. This was oh, like 1985 you know. or something. You would have been. Regardless. Yeah. I'm, it's so sorry.
0: I'm so sorry you haven't seen
1: this. You'd love it, actually. You, you should really go. It, really it like doesn't it. look that great. <gasps> well, now it's personal. I was trying to support you there for a hot minute, and now it's freaking personal. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Okay, uh, mom so, just bad let just say,
2: let's just say that Anne of the Green Gable should be going to medical school and not that whoever that goober is that Great. is leaving her for three years. So no,
0: she's decided to become a famous
1: author instead, and she was a teacher and like
0: oh. support uh, the oh. family by selling a bunch <laughs> she of books.
1: To, she should go to med school. <laughs> no, med school So well, bad, well, advice. Gonna... bad advice. <laughs> Okay, well I say it's I say it's nothing. good advice. We're, it's my turn, right? It's yeah, obviously good go. advice. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. They're setting out rea- just in that clip alone, realistic expectations about how our relationship's gonna evolve. Here's how I'm gonna be committed to you. Here's here's like our reasonable expectations. They're not gonna match what you used to want when you were younger. She's I, totally evolved. There's such this beautiful growth trajectory over many years of her life. It's the most beautiful relationship. And I just think it's good advice. Chose. Yeah, it is. I'm obviously going to rewatch it like this week. I mean, I say week because Jacob, just so you know, when you go to start to watch this, you have to commit a few days. (laughs) It's It's like eight hours. It's like a mini series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's very, very Um,
2: fantastic. Okay. I will not say whether or not I will commit to watch this. I I have never had a desire to watch Anne of Green Gables.
1: I think you called her a few minutes ago, Anne of the Green Gable. I'm pretty (laughs) sure. (laughs) there's a little bit of culture here for you. Very famous
0: book. (laughs) Yeah. And, and show and series. It's really,
1: oh, it's so beautiful.
0: So we're saying good advice uh, of relationship expectation settings in Anne of Green Gables. And if you haven't seen it, go ahead and go out and see it. I think the full episodes, all of it is free on YouTube. So there's really no excuse. And also just lovely to, to watch Jacob, you know, I'm sorry that your life won't be as fulfilled by not seeing this show.
2: I kind of feel like the two of you, like, planned this to set me up for this last episode. I did not
1: know this was coming. Do you know what a (laughs) gift it feels like that you watch Ted Lasso and Patricia pick pop culture examples that I can connect to? This feels like your compassionate love from both of you to me, so I really appreciate it. I'm going to leave season two feeling so positive well good
0: <laughs> good cliffhanger will jacob stick around for season three <laughs> as always thanks for listening to attached remember call us email us get at us on the social medias about any relationship advice you've received that you're wondering whether to follow or pass on you really cannot wait to talk about it